0: Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Your New Puppies podcast. And today is part two of how to stop your dog from barking. So part one was episode 66. And in that one, I went into detail about demand barking, which is whenever your dog is barking at you to get something from you. So most commonly they're barking at you for attention. Um, I also talked about if they're barking at you when you're trying to make their dinner, barking at you for a treat, barking at you to get up in the morning. I also in that episode talked about the different types of barking that I'm not going to talk about in either of these parts, mainly because I have other episodes on them. And I linked to those other episodes in the show notes. The other thing that I talked about is two techniques that I Don't use, which is barking collars or the quiet command. And I talked about why in part one as well. So if you want to hear about any of that, then you can head over to episode 66. But here in part two, I'm going to go over alert barking. So this is when your dog is barking at some kind of stimulus. So pretty much when your dog's not barking at you. So if they're barking out the window, if they're barking at a sound, things like that. This is different if they're barking on a leash. That's one of the cases where I'm not going to talk about because I already have an episode on it, which is linked to in the show notes. And I'll tell you where to get all of that at the end. I'm also going to talk about a special case of alert barking, which is when it's fear-based. Like if they bark at strangers or if they bark at new things in their environment, because we want to handle that differently you know and the first thing we have to do is recognize that and it's super super important to do that so i'm going to talk about that at the end as well so this alert barking where they're you know barking at the things in their environment especially you know dogs people doorbells sirens this is this is the type of barking that really kind of manifests in adolescence so i've seen it start as long as young as five months old but usually it's around like 10 to 12 months. And this is where that instinct kicks in. You know, some dogs it's gonna be more persistent than others, but any dog is going to find some kind of fun satisfaction in barking because it's just one of those instincts that are like ingrained into them. So where in part one, we talked about demand barking and that we ignore and disengage because we're giving them the opposite of what they want. They want something from us. Well, they don't get us at all. Here, we have to get in there and interrupt it. Otherwise, it's going to become a bad habit. And because they're not barking at us for something, that's okay. We're not reinforcing the immediate behavior. And it's important because. This is the type of parking that can become a really bad habit because it's self-rewarding. If we let it go and let it go, it becomes their habit. It becomes a thing for them to do. Just like chewing on their toys are fun or romping around the backyard is fun. Barking is fun for them. And it becomes a habit, especially if you have a dog that has a little too much energy. It feels really good. It burns that energy, gives them something to do. So when they're barking at another stimulus, we want to get in there, interrupt it, and redirect it. We can also desensitize them to the stimulus. And I we talked about this a little bit in the demand barking, but essentially it's making the stimulus, whatever it is, this is commonly done with a doorbell, that okay, this isn't a big deal and there's no need to bark at it. And then there's good old management, just changing their environment, whether removing them from it, removing the stimulus from it, just so they don't even start barking in the first place. So I have a few examples that I'm going to talk about to help illustrate these different techniques and when you might want to use which one. Okay. So first let's talk about barking out the window. Essentially, this is going to be in general a visual stimulus. Your dog sees something and they bark. So this is where you want to interrupt and redirect because this barking feels really good. It releases energy. It's entertaining for them. And for some dogs, especially if they're, if this is like a guarding thing, then the person walks by and leaves. So that might actually be reinforcing their barking because they think it worked. So usually I handle this with a combination of practice and management. So to interrupt, it's usually by getting their attention, which I talk about all the time because it's the start to everything. You teach them attention and when they start barking, you grab Their attention. Because if they're looking at you, if they're paying attention to you, then they're not barking out the window. And then you are able to redirect them, give them something else to do. That might be you engaging with them, a fun toy, a chew, a treat, something that is going to be more exciting than them barking out the window. Because otherwise, what are they going to do? You stop them They look around, they're like, well, I got nothing else to do. Well, I want to go bark out the window again. They've already chosen to do that once. They're going to do it again. Now, something else that I have done, which I've had great success with, is when they start barking, I just grab a whole bunch of treats, say their name, and then throw them away from the window. And what ends up happening is they see a person or a dog and they come looking for you instead of barking out the window. I did this sort of with my own dog where they bark at dogs going by, but they do it outside. They run back and forth between, you know, the two ends of the yard barking at the dogs. Well, I taught Mariah to run inside instead. Now she is highly food motivated. So Every time she went to bark and run run around, I would say, Mariah, you want a treat? And I would bring her inside to get a treat. And it got to the point that she could be outside, I could be inside, and she comes running inside when she sees a dog because she wants that treat. And I always give it to her because I would rather her be doing that than barking at the fence with her sister, which sometimes causes a little trouble. It's just a modification of getting their attention. Like if you don't have that strong attention command the treats are going to get their attention. Now, if you want to let them look out the window, but teach them just don't bark at everything, then you have to be right there. So this is where it's going to be really important. I mean, it's always really important, don't get me wrong, that you want to intentionally practice, not just react when it's happening. So you actually sit there with your dog, looking out the window, and you need to break their focus. Again, this is where attention comes in. So you need to catch them right before they start barking. So as soon as their ears perk up because they see somebody, you catch their attention. They look at you. You can reward them, give them a treat. They look at the person going by, you reward them. But the more you break their focus on that person and bring it back to you, the less likely they're going to start to bark. And now you're teaching them, let's look out the window, but we don't have to bark. You're giving them a different way to react. And then at that point, if you're not intentionally working, if you're not intentionally practicing, then it's time to manage. Close the blinds, remove them from that room, remove that their access to that stimulus. Because if you don't have the time or the energy in those moments to stop them, to continually interrupt them and give them something else to do, then it's just gonna reinforce the behavior. And all the work you did yesterday is gonna be erased. So you want to intentionally practice instead of just reacting, but also be prepared to react and manage the situation, to break this habit. And the longer the habit's been going on, the harder it is to break. So let's talk about the doorbell. So this is a great example if they are reacting to a sound. A couple ways to do this, depending on why your dog is barking at the doorbell will depend which one will work best. But you ring the bell and then open the door, show them nobody's there. That's if they're like barking because they think there's a stranger at the door. And you do that 20 times a day. So it's like the doorbell rings, but look, there's nobody there. There's nothing exciting happening. And so now the doorbell doesn't mean anything. Or you ring the doorbell and just ignore their barking. You ignore the doorbell, you ignore their barking. This isn't my favorite because they continually bark until you reward them for stop barking. It's kind of why I don't use the quiet command either. But it does create that the doorbell rings 20 times a day, but nobody does anything. Nobody reacts to it. You completely ignore his barking. Well, eventually it's going to be like, well, what's the point? (laughs) Nothing, nothing is coming of it. And that brings me to the last thing that we want to look at is your own reaction to the doorbell because usually when the doorbell goes off we're jumping up and going to the door right because it's <laughs> it's our new delivery from Amazon or it's our friend or you know or we don't know who it is so we're jumping up we're reacting to the doorbell so our dogs are reacting to the doorbell you can also interrupt and redirect ring the doorbell interrupt their barking and have them go to their bed give them something else to do ring the doorbell interrupt that barking, get their attention on you, and then ask them to go to their bed. And eventually, when the doorbell rings, they go to their bed. Now, there's not a really great way to manage the doorbell. You're just always going to have to be ready to interrupt them because we don't always know when the doorbell goes off. But if this is like other noises like, especially if you live like in a condo, an apartment, and maybe they hear the neighbors or, you, you know, there's a hallway where other people's doors are slamming. Sometimes management is really necessary. And that's when you can try to use a white noise machine to like drown out those, those noises or use some type of music. Now, this obviously doesn't always work depending on how loud the sounds are, but if they're subtle, like... It's really common when a dog hears like the jingle of another dog's collar. Like they know that's a dog and so they just start barking because they hear that. Like it might drown those kind of small sounds out. And in general, something that I haven't mentioned yet, but your best management tool so the barking doesn't even start is to tire them out. This can work for... The alert barking out the window, the noise barking, you know, if they have a lot of energy and they're on alert, like small noises, any kind of stimulus can set them off barking because they have all this extra extra energy. They don't know what to do with it. It's going to come out in barking because barking relieves energy, relieves boredom. So full disclosure, it's not as foolproof as it is in preventing other behaviors, but you are going to have a lot easier time interrupting and redirecting and managing if your dog is tired. If they've had a lot of exercise, a lot of entertainment, and a lot of enrichment, they're going to be less likely to go for that barking. And if they do, you're going to be, it's going to be easier to redirect them because they're tired and they just don't want to fight. Okay, so last, I just want to quickly go over when it is due to fear. Okay, How to handle fear behaviors is outside the scope of this podcast, because it's actually a pretty big topic. But what I wanna do here is help you recognize that that's what it is. Because then you need to handle it a little differently. This is where it is incredibly important, and I can't emphasize that enough, where we have to address the underlying reason for the barking and not the barking itself. I mentioned this a little bit in part one when I talked about barking collars, because if we just stop barking and we suppress it, and they lose their warning system because they're barking because they're actually afraid or nervous or shy, then it's gonna come out in other behaviors. It's gonna make the situation worse. So we want to build their confidence or change their association with what they're barking at So they don't even feel the need to bark at it in the first place. So this is where they're barking at anyone new. This isn't like, you know, somebody comes into your house and they bark a little bit and you can shoo them away or once the person pays attention to them, they're fine. This is they bark at them and they won't stop. If the person tries to engage with them, it gets worse. If they won't even take a treat from a stranger where maybe they try to approach them but then they jump back. Or maybe they're okay with your guests, but every time they make any sudden moves like get up from the couch, they start barking at them again. This is typical, I'm nervous, you make me nervous, I'm a little scared type of barking. Especially if you notice your dog is barking at something, even if it's pretty intense, but their body language is leaning back. Then you know that they're actually barking because they're scared because it's a fear behavior and just when I'd say fear behavior like it seems pretty like you know major but this can be as simple as your dog's just a little shy they're a little insecure they're just a little bit nervous slow to warm up like it doesn't have to be you know I aggressively bark at every stranger or I tuck my tail and run it can be these subtle behaviors that will cause them to bark in fact It's more likely that it's a subtle type of fear behavior because it'll be the type of bark that doesn't seem threatening but annoying. And that's when it's really important not to be like, oh my gosh, we just need to get our dog to stop barking, which I get, totally understand. Um, We need to recognize our dog barks at people whenever they come into our house whenever they see somebody new we have to change their association with new people and build their confidence around that so most commonly you're going to see this with new people but this is also like if your dog barks at new things in their environment so they bark at like a leaf that came through or the branch that fell overnight or you know the lawnmower that they've never seen before If they always bark at new things in their environment, so it doesn't have to be people, doesn't have to be dogs, just it could be objects, that's a fear behavior. That is, I don't like this new thing, so I'm warning everybody about it. That might be the harder one to recognize, but if that's something that you've noticed, then this is a fear behavior and you have to treat it like one. And it's gonna be, just like with people, it's gonna be about exposure. And changing their association. So if we get lots of positive repetitions with new things, with new people, then we change their association to something positive. Okay, I've seen these new things before. I've met new people before. Nothing bad's ever happened. In fact, good things happen. And that will increase their confidence and change their association, which is what we want to do. I do have two podcast episodes that can help you if you feel you're experiencing this. I will link to both of those in the show notes. It's going to be how to introduce a shy dog and socialization guidelines. Because socialization is what we do to prevent this behavior from happening. That's the whole point of socializing them when they're young. So I talk a lot about in that episode, how to handle it when something makes your dog nervous and how to make sure it's a good association. So it is a very large topic, but the point I want to make here is to recognize that it's not just barking, that if there's something else going on and we do want to address it. And depending on how severe it is, I usually, this is where I recommend an in-person trainer because there's a lot of body language. There's a lot of a little bit of finesse to handling fear behaviors um, to make sure that we're not making them worse and to recognize them for what they are. Okay, I mentioned a lot of different resources and other podcast episodes. And I'm going to link to all of those in the show notes. So you go to playtimepause.com forward slash episode 67. I will also link to part one, which also has a lot of resources for this. It's just barking is such a big topic. It makes its way into all like the other little topics. So there's plenty of resources out there for you. And that is all I have for you today. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can rate and review it wherever you listen, and that helps other puppy owners find the podcast. If you would like to continue training with me, you can check out my in-person virtual and online courses at playtimepause.com, including my four-week new puppy course, Your Perfect Puppy, which you can find at playtimepause.com forward slash puppy. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be speaking with you soon. Bye for now.